How powerful is Cox Internet? So powerful that one day, your daughter will be able to simulate a soccer match against some of the world's best players right from your backyard. Get gig speeds powered by fiber from Cox. It's internet built for tomorrow, today. Internet delivered through Cox's hybrid fiber coax network. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions apply. And welcome to another episode of the SD4L show. I'm Justin Thin. I'm here with my co-host Matt Sheehan. Let's go. Matt Sheehan, who I'm so guessing is, already has some Phoenix hotel reservations. Oh, uh, I got the whole house, man. It's <laughs> Yeah, right in the Grand Canyon, too. I don't know how that works, but we're, we've made it work somehow thanks to VRBO. But yeah, yeah. It's, it's been quite the day, Justin. Yeah. Uh, you know what? Let me start by asking you this. You ready for this when you're sitting down? Yeah. How are you doing? Can't complain. Nice. Can't complain. Um, Final about. four energy on the timeline today with Aikens and Hogard coming back, and we'll obviously talk <sighs> about those guys later today. But did you just call Vervo VRBO? We're going to move on. <laughs> I also call it A I R B N B too. So that, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> and you pronounce arena as arena. Yeah. See, yeah. I'm, not here, I'm not here to talk about that. Yeah. Hey, we, we got a packed show today. We do. JT, we do. We got a we great we guest. We don't have time to mess around today. No. It, it, well, Aikens, Hogard returning. Yeah. We have official visit season. We got yeah. some game times announced. Alante mm-hmm. Brown. It's a, it's a packed show. Mm-hmm. It's a high pressure situation. And starting off, probably the most exciting part of the show. One of the guests I've been looking forward to having on for a while now, ever since he enrolled at Michigan State. Joining us today is Ken Talley, defensive lineman for Michigan State. One of the big transfer additions this year and uh, going to get to play this year. Ken, how are you doing today? I'm doing. How you doing today, man? Sensational. Yeah. It's always a great day to be a Spartan, especially with as much good news as we sure. got today. I'm going to bat first with a question here and get ready for a potentially really stupid question to start this thing off. Obviously, you came in here as a defensive end, but you're a pretty versatile guy. What position are you going to be playing this fall? Where are you going to be on that line? Or are they going to kick you back to like free safety? Are you going to punt? Like Where, where are you playing this fall, man? I'm on the D-line. I'm on the D-line right now. I'm rushing that passer. I'm rushing that quarterback. Gotcha. Are they going to flip you inside? Because I know back in high school, um, you, you had some D, DT snaps. Um, then you also had some defensive end snaps. You were going to stand up edge rusher. So, like, are they going to be moving you around across all those positions? Are you mostly just going to be a down defense alignment? Like, what – or down defensive end? Like, what exactly is your usage going to be, you think? Oh, no. I've, I've been getting that four out at three. That, okay. Like, I've been all around the line. I'm all around. Perfect. Just everywhere. Love it. Can't complain yeah. about that. Yeah, so uh, Ken, you came in here last year, I think just after the season started, and you were able to practice with the team, and you were around the program. So just what did you learn from that time where you obviously weren't playing, but you were taking everything in, you were learning, you were practicing. What What did you learn from that time? Man, it was a real humble experience because I, I wasn't able to play, so I was just practicing, but I was coming in every day, giving the guys all I had, man. And I actually enjoyed it, though. I just got to learn a lot of things from uh, all the guys around me or the guys that uh, left the season, but I was just taking everything in. I love it. So, like, pretty much every practice day was your personal game day then because <laughs> that's, that was your time to shine. That's exactly how I was looking at it, too. <laughs> you had you had the best out of anyone. You had five game days. <laughs> Look at five you, man. <laughs> so, I mean, just, you know, through all the practice and just watching the games as well, very early on in your college career, what was the, the one biggest thing that you learned the most last year just watching uh, from the sidelines, getting ready for this season? Uh, one thing I learned, like the most thing I learned uh, last season, for real, for real, was man just just being quiet, just taking notes, man, just hmm. being a sponge, absorbing everything that everybody tells you. 
saying? Even if it's wrong or right, just, just listen to it and take heed. Makes yeah. sense. So, Ken, you were coming in from high school. Obviously, you were very successful there, high recruit, very productive. But everyone has a transition in college where it kind of hits them like, oh, shoot, this is a higher level. Um, so what was something that was, like, um, harder than you expected? Or I guess what was the most challenging part about going from high school to college? Oh, the, the hardest transition for, for us, understand that everybody's good. Everybody here's for everybody's here for a reason. So sometimes you ain't always going. You ain't always going to get that edge. He might get you once, once or twice, but man, you gotta just shake back, handle adversity. And what's the thing you're looking forward to the most during games? I mean, you know, last year, kind of just had to hang out, chill, watch it. But what are you looking forward to the most when you are between those lines this year? Man, I'm just I'm just waiting for game one against Central Michigan September first. Man, I'm just waiting to get after that's all. I'd rather just show y'all than tell y'all because I've been talking about it for a while. So let me just want to tell y'all. I can feel the energy. Yeah. Love it, man. Yeah. For sure. So so um, speaking of, I guess, the D-line as a whole, um, last year the D-line didn't really get a chance at full strength to show what they're about. There were so many injuries there. Um, but you saw what the talent there was like, and this time around you've seen them in spring camp. What's going to make this defensive line special? What's your assessment of this whole defensive line and what you think it's going to be all about? I think we got a very good group, a very talented group, man. Like, man, we we – we like, we like this Philadelphia Eagles D-line, how we finna be snapping, man. Like, I'm telling y'all, it's finna be real, real active, active, I'm telling y'all. Wow, you're Love playing to the crowd here because uh, JT, he's a huge uh, Philly fan. Yeah, here, got, so. got my Iverson shirt uh, on right here. My, my dad's from Pennsylvania, <laughs> so die hard with all the Philly teams. I'm outnumbered okay. already. Wow, this is rare. <laughs> I, I'm usually, you know, it's, it's all Detroit sports yeah. here. With uh, best, every but, every, okay. every time uh, Ken gets a sack, I'm just going to tweet a gif of like uh, Josh Sweat or, or something. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> And how about, like, amongst the coaching staff? Because, obviously, there's been a lot of turnover at your position group just on coaches in the last year. But Dyron Reynolds, he stepped in. What has he been like as a coach so far for you this spring? Yeah, uh, Coach Reynolds, man, I love Coach Reynolds, man. He's he an old-school guy, so he gives us the game. He got a lot of the Hall of Famers and old guys on his belt. We watching a lot of that Dwight Freedy. He be, he be getting us right in there, man. I, I, I'm adjusted to him now. I like him a lot. I feel like he's going to teach me a lot of good things to uh, transition to my game. It takes that next level. Love that. That's good to hear. And uh, speaking of like good energy and stuff, we've seen you on Twitter ever since you've been here, being an active recruiter, um, just uh, telling guys to to come to Michigan State and stuff like that. Does that kind of just come from your personality as a whole, or is that because of what you've seen from Michigan State? Like, is that you kind of really wanting to sell people on what you've seen already here, or are you just outgoing social and that's kind of where that comes from? It's just a personality thing, man. I just want to win. I want to get national championships, so I understand that mm. with uh, winning that comes with recruiting and stuff like that. We gotta bring the best guys in, so I'm gonna do whatever for the team and get us to that next level. And speaking of recruiting, you know the crop of young guys so far, the ones on the defense. Are there any young players that are sticking out the most as a surprise for you so far uh, in practice? Yeah, we got we got a lot of young guys standing out, but uh, primarily uh, a guy that I'm always in with is Jordan Hall. Man, mm. he's showing off as a leader. That young guy, that young character, they're gonna be special. Mm. Gotcha. Love it. Mm. He looked the part in the spring game for yeah. sure, both physically and just the way he played. Okay. It was like, yeah, he looks like he's been here for about three years. <laughs> like, this is this is going to work here, I think. Yeah. And I guess sticking with the theme of recruiting, your recruitment when you uh, committed to Michigan State out of the portal, what was that time like? Was it kind of like they were one of the first schools to call you committed immediately? Was it a long, lengthy process? How did that go? How did, Take us behind the scenes at that time of your life. Uh, yeah, so my uh, recruitment process when I hopped in the portal, it was it went, it went pretty well for me. A lot of schools reached out, but it's just uh, 
Michigan State stuck out. Like I, I believe they got contacted me like the first week. Mm. They contacted me. I took a look over the stand. I started seeing all the uh, guys they had, and it was like, man, I, I'm coming here, man. They're gonna go at my game. So like coaches such as BT Jordan, Coach Vic, Coach Coleman. I seen that. I said, yeah, I gotta get here, man. And even yeah. with all the turnover, been fine. I mean, I mean, obviously, Mel Tucker's been here a while. What kind of a coach has he been like for you so far? Oh, Coach Tuck, man, he's real motivational, man. I ain't gonna lie, Coach Tuck, he influential too. Like he really, he make you get into that ball relentlessly, like full mm-hmm. effort every time. Like he make me go. Like every sometimes at practice, I might, I might just be doing a regular a drill, and he just come out of nowhere and just boost me. Like <laughs> Coach Tuck, my guy, man. Love it. He's got a good forty time. Then that's that's good to hear. That's good. Comes out he of nowhere. Love it. Too. Like, he got wow! Everything. Look at him go. <laughs> Dang, he's on the strain train. All right, I love it. There we go. <laughs> there we go. So you know what? We got to get down to something here. This is something that you tweeted, and I don't know how like connected to fan debates you are, but there there was an incident last week that happened that had this fan base in the civil war, and it was the game moving to Ford Field to end the season against Penn State. So Ken. Well, we have you here. You tweeted out, quote, they just made the last game of the season even more special for me. Go green. How come? Why is it going to be a little more special for, for you over there, Ken? Man, it's just like, I used, you know, I used to go to Penn State, man. So yeah. just getting an opportunity to get on the field and just show them what they missed out on is opportunity to ball, man. I just can't wait. Them all my brothers, though, I just can't wait to get on that field. And this being at the Ford field, it became a lot more special. Oh, yeah. There we go. The best show. It's going to be nice. Yeah. Playing at NFL Stadium. Ken, my last question for you. Got to ask you, since you're from Philly, hopefully there's a Meek Mill reference in there, but what's your rap top five? We got to know what's going through your your headphones before our game. Top five before the game? Yeah. First and the one, I probably come Meek on the bus and stuff like that. I'm coming Meek. Love to hear it. I'm going to ask some. uh, I'm going to have some Drake in there, some Turn Mm. Drake with 21 Savage off that album. Mm-hmm. So I'm adding him two on there. I'm gonna come NBA Young Boy for sure. Like okay. he gonna get me turned. Yeah. Uh, I got one of my homies rap. My man Sadi Sadi Four. I'm gonna put Sadi Four on there. Okay. And probably at the five. Probably the five. I probably come YG Tech. Like, okay. Them, they get me going. They get me okay. going. Okay. <laughs> All right. You gotta tell me what's the what's your favorite Meek project? <laughs> my favorite Meek project. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. Hold on. Let me see. Dream Chasers Two. Okay, perfect. Yeah, I was gonna say, I was gonna say, it's got to be DC too. Um, Flamer, they, Flamer's tapes were good too, but those might be before your time. <laughs> no, oh, I know about it though. I know about it. <laughs> Love to hear it. Love to hear it. All right, now I gotta yeah. put you on a hot seat with the top five. It's a, it's a segment that we call Tal's Pals. That's right. We do this every week, ironically, but finally we have someone with the last name Tally. This is amazing. So there gonna be quick questions, and they're all gonna be about your teammates. Ken, are you ready to be put? on that flaming hot seat over there, because this is the pressure. Yes. There we go. I'm That's what I'm talking about. Teammate you would take with you on a 16-hour road trip. You're in a car with him, just one other guy. Who are you taking on this road trip? My best friend, Zion Young. He going to make me laugh mm. the whole time. See, that's what you need. You need someone <laughs> with good stories, a good jokester. That's what I'm talking about. Teammate you would pick oh. to star in a Broadway musical. Who's got the golden pipes over there? A golden pipe? I don't know who can sing. Oh, I'm going to say uh, Antonio Gates Jr. Mm. That's my brother. <laughs> I, every time we do this somebody, with a football player, Antonio Gates Jr. always, yeah. always comes Funniest up. Funniest dude, best Mel Tucker impression. Yes. Always. Wow. <laughs> no, he's hilarious. 
you talk about versatile player. There we go. <laughs> most hype teammate. Most hype teammate. Most hype. I would say it's a tie between Zion and uh, Malik Spencer. They be hype. Mm, gotcha. Like, like, hold on, no, it's, I'm, 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 it's not. It's not tie. It's Malik Spencer. He be out there yelling like from the window, like from when we when we doing warm ups. He yelling. <laughs> Love that. Uh, teammate most likely to be a head coach in fifteen years. Mm. Okay, teammate with the knowledge of the game. Um, I don't know. Probably probably Jay and Mangum. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, that's strong. Love the game. Yeah. Or Dylan Tatum, even him with Tatum, man. Mm. That makes sense. Yeah. yeah, we had him on not too long ago. That, that, that's a guy, tell. 100%. I can see a lot of kids playing yeah. for uh, Last but not least, teammate that's going to surprise the most people this season. Oh, I already told y'all, man. Malik Spencer is going crazy this season. Yep. Like, <laughs> he, he should have went crazy last season, but Andrew's held it back. But this yeah, season yeah. is coming. It's going to be a show. That's what I'm talking about. And, and that's Tal's pals. There yeah. we go. Well, that wasn't so bad, was it? That was, that was fine. Okay. Uh, that, we'll Sweating too much over there after those hard-hitting questions. Yeah, appreciate all your time, Ken. Uh, love the energy. We can all tell. Everyone that's watching can tell. We love Michigan State. Oh, yeah. So excited to see you out there this year, man. Thanks a lot for all your time. Thank you, man. Thanks for having me. I enjoyed my time here. I come love back to hear one day. No, you got for it. For sure, man. Enjoy the summer, man. Good luck this season. All right, man. Have a good one. There we go. Yeah. Love the energy. That Love just that. radiates Love off that it. guy. You can just tell like he's he's so happy to be here. He's so happy football is about to about to come back. So hundred percent. Love to see it. I, I didn't think I could be more high on the defensive line going into next season, but then like <laughs> he actually talked to someone that's on the defensive yeah. line. It's like, yeah. oh my god, I didn't know that I could reach another ceiling yeah. of just hope. Yeah. And thrill. I've, I've had the tweet draft of buy Malik Spencer stock now in my tweet drafts for like three, four weeks. I don't know why it's been there. Actually, I should say almost a few months because I heard back oh, in December okay. that if he wouldn't have gotten hurt before the Illinois game, okay, um, he would have been on pace to start earlier in the year. Gotcha. Um, okay. So like he was he was on that upward trajectory, and then the first time we saw him in the Illinois, sorry, yeah. So the first time we saw him was in the Illinois game. Mm. It was four weeks before that he got hurt. He was going to start that game gotcha. four weeks ago. Gotcha. So. Early saying. in the season, he was he was going to start. So this time around, everything I've heard in spring camp is he's got that other safety spot next to Jada Mango pretty much locked down. So really excited that 2022 DB class we always talk about here. Really exciting. <laughs> There's a few players you can say that about too. God, that injury bug last year was yeah. nasty. Yeah, nasty. Caleb Coley a little bit as well. Uh, Christian Fitzpatrick. Yeah, yeah. About. So like, dude, it, it like. Water's got to find its level eventually, Marky right? Lowry. Like, we're, we're, sure. Oh, God. Yeah, absolutely, Marky Lowry. Like, water's going to find its level eventually, right? I feel like, you know, the, the way it's going to average out, no injuries at all this entire year for anyone. That's, that's how we're getting. Let me just <laughs> that knock base, that, really that basically quick, happened but, for the Eagles yeah. last year. So no you, might as well. Might as well hope for if, it. If you got any of that Philly magic you want to lend over to East Lansing, <laughs> I would not say no to you, man. So, I mean, much appreciated. Hey, speaking of uh, things coming to East Lansing, yes. how about two amazing basketball players making their return to the green and white? Now, hey, we're not going to sit here and act like this is a big surprise. It, it, pro probably no one is surprised about this. This was news that was a long time coming. Yeah. But hey, you know what? Just like Christmas morning, like, you know, you're going to get <clears throat> gifts. It's still freaking awesome <laughs> when you get to open them. And it is a delight. Jaden Akins. AJ Hogard within like five minutes of each other on Twitter announced yeah. their return to Michigan State. 
this is going to be a top 10 team, if not a top five team. I mean, there are some people saying that they're squarely going to be in the top three with yeah. the Kansas and the Dukes of the world. And what's not to like about this? I mean, this is going to be a team that has incredible, incredible veteran leadership. I mean, Jaden Akins is obviously an amazing guard, not a wing player. Guard. Yes, guard. He made that very clear yes. on Tuesday night. So yep. everyone, watch your mouth out there. But beyond him, Tyson Walker, Malik Hall, A.J. Hogard, all going to be 23 years old next year. Like, this is going to be a perfect blend of yeah. skill, veteran leadership, and, oh, yeah, Justin, uh, a top-five class coming in next yeah. year. That's right. You know, just some light. You know, that's just, we're just going to throw these great McDonald's All-Americans and a guy in Cohen Card that could dunk from the half-court line Yeah, uh, coming off the bench. Gonna that's, be, that's what we got. Going to be sensational to see how, um, not only how well they do, but also just uh, how all the puzzle pieces fit. Uh, the rotations oh, oh, um, who's going to be the hot hand on a given night out of this uh, fast array of options so it's just going to be so fun to see all the uh, all the different sort of nuances that come with having such a great talented team for the yeah. first time in a few years if we're being honest here I know last year's team did very well in March yeah, but what wasn't yeah. one of those things where um, my freshman sophomore and junior years Michigan State was hanging banners um, sometimes multiple yeah. sometimes three so it's going to be uh, back to back to those days. So it's amazing. I think possibly we'll see. Favorite part for a state fan uh, when it comes to like Jaden Aikens coming back. Like for example, like mm -hmm. mine is that like okay, well that that's another three point shooter because you yeah. lost a big one in Joey Hauser and coming back Tyson Walker, great three point shooter. Yeah. Malik Hall, he has shown he could shoot the three. Yeah. But beyond that, like. Uh-oh, Aikens, it'd be really nice if we can get you at a 42% <laughs> clip back next year. Yeah. And sure enough, he did. Is there anything else that sticks yes. out more so for you? Yes. Hit me right now. The so. ensuing dunk contest between <gasps> Jaden Aikens and Cohen Carr, that'll be just every single day of those guys trying to outdo each other. The, the rims better be made of titanium. <laughs> uh, like, you remember at the playground, I don't know if you ever played at a playground like this, but they had like the double the rims. The double rims, yeah. We need triple rims in, in yeah. Breslin Center. Like, no yeah. jump shots are going to go in, but at yeah. least we won't have to delay a game because a backboard yeah. is shattered uh, thanks to either Aikens, Carr. Yeah. God, you remember when Malik Hall off yes. an injury came back and yeah. almost had a concussion on the backboard because yeah. he jumped so high? I mean, yeah. Was, oh, Two weeks removed from amputation rumors. Oh, that's, that's, that's true. They're going to put him down like a horse. It was, it was going to be the most insane moment you've ever seen on a basketball court. And then, yeah, two weeks later, he's grazing his head on the rim. That was yeah. uh, amazing. But um, Exciting times. If, if I ever get in a down mood this summer, just someone needs to whisper MSU basketball this November, and I will just smile immediately. That, that's all I need to hear. I'm going to flip it. Uh, Hogard, like best thing yes. about Hogard coming back. Oh, I, I, think, I think this is huge. When you have a team where – um, you have a really good point guard like Jeremy Fears. Long term, you're going to be in great shape. But what kind of what happened is there's going to be kind of like a settling in period. Yeah. Um, every freshman point guard, no matter who it really is, maybe Kyrie at Duke was like the guy that didn't have it, but then he missed half the year. Sure, so like, right, right. it's like you're barely ever going to see a guy that's going to be coming in and being a maestro of a college offense as a true yeah. freshman point guard, especially an offense like Michigan State. Yeah. So even if somebody subscribed to the notion of, oh, by March, he'd be good enough to lead the team, that's fine. But what seat are you going to have because you've lost three or four games because of that earlier sort of like uh, transition period? So I think it's huge to have continuity. Yep. I think also the way that he was playing at the end of the year is also good itself. So not just continuity and that theme, the actual performance that he brings in a tangible sense, that's going to be good. So it's uh, it's huge. It cannot be cannot be overstated having a junior point guard come yeah. back like this and and right. senior point guard, right? 
Well, yeah, yeah. yeah soon to be senior yeah, point guard. Yeah, 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 I mean, it is uh, goes without saying. Like, look, yeah. we, we knew that he was a fine player last year. He was right. a good point guard. But, man, the, the end of his season last three weeks, last eight games, double-digit scoring in all eight of those games. Half those games, six-plus assists, including that one at Nebraska. Mm. We just, you know, had a light 14 assists night on the road. When yeah. they were down, what were they, tw- down 12 going into halftime? Barnstorm back, got the dub. Thank yeah. you, A.J. Hogar. But, yeah, like – at the end of the season, it, 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 this is going to be like the, the most lame sport talk guy cliche of all time, but he like got it at the end of the year, right? Yeah. I mean, there are times in the middle of the year where, okay, well, it doesn't seem like we're completely locked in. We're a little bit passive right now. Not those last two, three weeks. I, he was getting his in every single game. I mean, God, just look at that Kansas State game. Fortunately, did not end in a win, but he took matters into his own hands. Season high, 25 mm-hmm. points. I mean, you saw his team that needed a bucket and every single time he was like well fine i'll just lower my shoulder get in the paint either go to the free throw line or you know get a layup and that's the other thing too i love about aj hogard he's definitely the best player on this team at getting to the free throw yes. line and also not too shabby at it last year either 82 percent from the line mm-hmm. so that that's a major major point of the offense too because yeah. i don't know how many other guys this year are going to have a knack for getting to the free throw line we didn't yeah. really see it a lot last year outside of guys like AJ Hogard, but yeah, that, that's what I like. Having yeah. That. And, and especially yeah. some of those games towards the end of the, the year when Michigan state's three point percentage dipped. I know some of those were open misses, but yeah. a lot of them were teams um, raising their defense up in elevation and running Michigan state off the three point line, but that opened up driving lanes and AJ was the most uh, savvy at actually using that to his advantage. Um, Akins is, is good downhill, but not really off the dribble. It's mm-hmm. more of being set up in transition um, Tyson Walker is good at it too, but when there's a mismatch, some guys are a little more physical. It's a little harder, but AJ was that guy that was going ahead and initiating whether it was a drop off on his way to the basket, whether it's him going up, whether it's initiating an open shop after defense collapses. That part of his game is one that was hard to replicate for anybody else on Michigan State last year. Yeah, and so right now going into next season, Bart Torvik has them estimated as the number three offensive efficiency mm. team in the country. 26 defensive, which out of 300 some schools that's still yeah. really good but i still feel like the defense next year is going to be a tad underrated going oh 100 like, just the return of aj hogard who i think is an underrated defender tyson walker he's impossible to underrate like that that guy <laughs> is a great defender he's got the karate hands i mean just yeah. so fast and then jna can sell defender yeah. as well and then you go into the post I, yeah I, I, it's so hard not to get yeah. my hopes up. Yeah. It's so hard not to get my hopes up right now. Yeah. The switchability, too, between um, AJ can probably guard a lot of guys um, out of position. Oh, yeah. Probably going all the way up to other teams opposing threes. Yep. Um, and happen. then Akins and uh, Cohen Carr, the switchability. All, those guys can probably guard one through four in a pinch. Yeah. Um, Akins might be a little hard on the four, but for the most part, depending on the exact measurables of the other guy, they probably could guard one through four in a pinch. Yeah, they absolutely positively yeah. could. And just one more thing I want to bring up, and this is away from the stats, the analytics, even yeah. the, the court really, but I just love that this crop of freshmen coming in, this incredible recruiting class, mm. immediately get thrown into a culture of hard work yes. and what it takes to win. I mean, this is going to be a group that came back with a mission right they, they didn't come back just to like score a sweet nil check or you know just because the the sprawling coastlines of east lansing are beautiful <laughs> like no they came back because the job is not finished and if i know anything about what i've heard and what we've seen on tv too when these guys play these guys are what they call dogs for a reason justin like this is yes. going to be some tough practices i mean <laughs> yeah 
Woo-wee. Uh, you talk about, you know, hey, earlier this show, we talked about Ken Talley. You know, he's on the practice squad. Yeah. Five days of game days. That's pretty much going to be practice leading up to yeah. game days. Like, these are going to be insanely intense practice going yeah. in. And these four freshmen are going to learn what it exactly takes mm-hmm. to be back on top nationally. Yeah. Like, so I, I think that just as intangible is also very important with these guys coming back as well. 100%. These guys are going to be thrown through the meat grinder, but you know what? Hopefully some greatness is going to be made out of there. Very well yeah. said. Yeah. Very well said. Thanks. Uh, I, I like to do that like once a month. Like yeah. Have a good thing yeah. to say. So. So you're covered for the next three weeks now. Mix but it up. Yeah. yeah. It's it's going to be uh, some exciting times in East Lansing, barring something unforeseen, but yeah. that is just going to be um, a lot of fun. Might Honestly, it might even take multiple injuries at this point. There's no one injury that can probably dampen the knock on banner expectations, <laughs> at least in the regular season. The shows that I'm on, we've jinxed worse than that. So let me just, <laughs> oh God, I'm going to walk yeah. backwards under a ladder, reverse that but no man like it like like, i mean kind of on top of that too what a stark difference from last year like last year had the whole depth yeah like all right we only got like really nine scholarship players we could play maybe 10 yeah we're gonna kind of grow seven can be counted on most nights yeah now we got 29 kids we could (laughs) like it's amazing i'm sure even the student managers can ball out like it is sensational so yeah, yeah instead of like a pk 85 where Izzo has to throw poor Jason Whitens on the court for like 22 <laughs> minutes because, uh-oh, we already have two guys injured. Yeah. We're only seven deep right now. Instead of moments like that, I mean, we're going to be going into that Arizona game when with wacky lineups, but that's just because Izzo's going to just see what works yeah. this early in the season. Like yeah. we, we could be seeing him in the lab up until early to mid-January, I feel yeah. like. like It is going to be fascinating to see how the Hall of Fame head coach right. works this great problem he has. Again, yeah. like, we're talking about this like, oh, it's a challenge. Yeah. It's a challenge you'll take. Yeah, for yeah. sure. I think there's going to be some people on a certain night, if somebody's shooting like two for seven, people are going to be tweeting, shorten the lineup, Tom. Sure. But yeah. I think all these guys, they have the ability the very next game to be that hot hand guy. On a yeah. given day, Cohen Carr might be like one for five with like three turnovers. But the next day, he's probably going to be locking down the other team's best scorer. Yeah. And there's just not going to be ways for, for Izzo to shorten the rotation. And that's a problem you'll happily accept. And um, I think even if it takes a month or two longer than every year, by March, they're going to know their guys. And um, yep. the experimentation is just part of the problem when you have some great talent, and that's just what comes with the territory, and you take it. Nailed it. March is the name of the game. Yeah. I would not mind a regular season banner, but, like, yeah, March is the name yeah. of the they game. They should be able to do both. Yeah. God, that was exciting. Should we ping-pong it back to football yes. really quick? I mean, so, hey. So good news this week. We got a lot. It, it is good news galore, <laughs> man. This is fantastic. Hey. The receiver hunt in the portal, over, Justin, yes. over. That's right. With one of the first kids that they offered, too, yeah. in the spring uh, portal window, if I'm That's not right. mistaken. That there is correct. All right. Yeah, so joining Michigan State is Alante Brown. For those that followed recruiting during the D'Antonio era, um, Alante was committed to Michigan State before he decommitted, and he ended up going to Nebraska. Um, when he enrolled, actually, going back to that time, Scott Frost was on a, I believe, a radio show, and he was talking about Alante, and he said that after enrolling, they clocked everybody's 40s, and he was the fastest player on the entire Nebraska roster his true freshman uh, winter. Okay. So that is exciting. In terms of his production, not great. He started yeah. 10 games um, last season, but only had 16 catches. What I point to there is um, you'd say last year Michigan State's passing offense was frustrating, right, Matt? I'm trying to keep it upbeat today. Yeah. yeah. I'm trying to keep it positive. So yeah. Michigan State was sixth in the Big Ten. Nebraska was eighth. 
So okay. if if one would categorize last year's Michigan State oh. passing offense as frustrating, Nebraska really was just uh, totally dysfunctional. Yikes. And uh, <laughs> I don't blame a kid who is not putting up numbers in that offense with an interim head coach for more than half the year. And um, so the way I look at it is, yeah, production, not elite. But you have a kid that has all the tools. He has multiple years of eligibility remaining. You have faith that this time around, Michigan State's passing offense will be better from hopefully a consistency standpoint with hopefully better quarterback play. We'll see. But the target share will be here higher than it has been for him in, in previous years. You're looking at Trey Mosley basically being the only entrenched starter that is going to have yep. a um, role where you know he's going to be getting some third down targets and stuff. But other than that, it's wide open. And um, I believe in the tools. I believe in the tape. And um, let's see what he does. I have a burning question for you, and I, I don't even know how to answer this. That's why I'm pondering it off C. on you. Oh, my heavens. Wow. Yeah. Who do you think starts? I would that guess. Wide receiver. I would guess it's going to be Trey, okay. Tyrell Henry, Alante okay. Brown. Okay. I like that. Yeah. I could see it being like any of the seven guys that are in that room. Yeah, honestly. I could like, see it being Christian Fitzpatrick and Jerron uh, Glover instead of instead of the two I said. If I had to trade. guess, that's my guess. Uh, really? Tyrell uh, Fitzpatrick and Jerron Glover. Okay. But again, I'm yeah. sure that the reps amongst these guys are going to be almost a dead heat, right. at least amongst like the top five yeah. or six receivers. That's another yeah. thing. The last couple of years here uh, under Mel Tucker, like you haven't seen a lot of um, kind of rotation yeah, at the yeah, wide yeah, receiver sure. room. Right. But if you think about it, it was always a pretty big drop off. Like if you're gonna take. Jaden Reed and Jalen Naylor out, you better have guys that are at their level right behind them if you're going to do that. Or last yep. year, if you're going to take Jaden Reed, or Keon Coleman, Trey Mosley out, the guys right behind them better be close to their level or else just play them every snap. So that's what they did. Yep. This time around, you probably can have a rotation at wide receiver for the first time in a while. So multiple of those guys should be getting in. Bang. God, that's great. Yeah. Speaking of great with football, let's keep the train rolling here. God, yeah. What a beautiful, <laughs> beautiful end to a wonderful May. It's June, though, pretty soon, and that means yes. official visit season. Hey, you know what? Every single Wednesday night, you can tune in and count on me saying, hey, Justin, you either want that first visit or you want that last visit amongst <laughs> a lot of these kids. So for the 15th straight week, hey, Justin, you either want the first visit or the last visit with a lot of these kids, and, well, this is yeah. the first weekend of official visit season. So we're getting a lot of kids first visits here and a lot of good kids too if i uh, am not mistaken unless there's been like eight cancellations in the last <laughs> half hour that i've not seen they have not been okay thank god <laughs> there are eight there are 10 kids visiting this weekend and um i guess i'll go from top to bottom in composite sure. ranking order and then we'll talk about some of them afterwards um the highest ranked kid visiting this week is bronte johnson from fort wayne indiana he is a top 175 receiver Him. Um, so in that nick marsh range um, some people are also looking at him as DB, just very fluid, very quick twitch, athletic guy. 6'3", 170, speedy guy with, long, with a long frame. Dylan Williams, the Long Beach Poly, California, um, linebacker that has Oregon, USC, all the usual sus suspects from the West Coast after him. So that's going to be a guy that it's going to be a hard pull, obviously, but we'll see if they can go ahead and land him after he visits. Zadavian Sims, obviously committed to Oregon a couple weeks ago, just despite keeping his OVs for the ensuing weeks. We'll see what happens there, but um, obviously just committed to Oregon, so it'll be a tough pull. Jordan Ross, one of the more underrated guys on this visit list. I know oh, yeah. rankings-wise, he's a composite four-star, but nobody's really talking about him. And uh, so what we're going to do is we're going to talk about him. And um, he's a guy that has an official visit to UCLA, I believe, also scheduled, and Michigan State, and those are the only two. 
and uh, really fast kid uh, out there on the West Coast. Another four-star from California this weekend, along with Dylan Williams. Quasi Gilmer, another four-star from California. The third of the four names that we have here so far. A lot of four-star receivers, man. Yeah. yeah and nice. um, he's from Chats- Chatsworth, California, um, whereas Jordan Ross was from Downey. And as I said, Dylan Williams was from Long Beach. Uh, Quasi Gilmer, he has a pretty stacked uh, OV list. Probably, I would guess, he's a harder pull than Jordan Ross. Um, and uh, Marcellus Barnes Jr., another four-star. He is a corner from Chattanooga, Tennessee. Uh, another kid uh, like Quasi kind of has that loaded uh, official visits list. Um, so Jordan Ross is kind of different than those two guys in that sense. He's a little more attainable, I think, based on kind of the, the picture right now. Jalen Thompson, he is on this list. He is the Michigan State cornerback commit right now. Four-star on the composite. He's from Murphy's Row, Tennessee. Good to get him back here. Kind of make sure that it, that commitment is as firm as it has been. Sure. Kanan Daniels, the Florida running back commit. We've talked about him in the past. Very, very exciting tape. His team has him basically playing wildcat quarterback full-time. Yeah. Um, not even like a wishbone or a triple option. Nah. There's no option. It's just he gets <laughs> nope. the ball, snap and he runs. And um, just phenomenal tape. Uh, he's coming up to Florida, but Michigan State is the only other official visit he's taking. So it's not like he's just doing his due diligence and visiting five schools for fun. It's just Michigan State. So we'll see what that yields. Eric Carner, he has Alabama, Iowa, Michigan State, Florida as the other four schools in his top five. And um, seems like I was really, really threatening there, as you kind of would expect with a tight end from yeah, the Midwest. Of course. Um, so we'll see what happens there. But I think Michigan State is in that top two. That's kind of the gut feeling I have. And then there's Justin Denson from Providence, Rhode Island. He's a defensive back that has a great offer sheet. Um, currently unranked in the composite. I think he reclassified, so they're not entirely sure how to handle the, the rating yet. Uh, but he's blown up from an offer perspective, and he was at Michigan State, I believe, in April and in the winter. Um, so he's a name to watch there. So those are the 10 guys, Matt. What are your initial thoughts just hearing all the names? A really strong start to the month. Yeah. No question. Because right now, I mean, look, we're, we're not going to beat around the bush. It, it, it is kind of quiet right now in 2024 recruiting. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's almost more people in this conversation than there are in the <laughs> class right now. But, hey, you know what? A lot of time left before signing day. And if you get out of this month with a few of these commitments that can stem for this first weekend, no one's going to complain about it. But, yeah, it's it's a nice kickoff weekend here and look Michigan State had a lot of strong visitors last year too right we all know how it ended again a pretty solid class you know top 25 and that's off a five and seven season but they only had 18 kids right and we've talked about this ad nauseum about like well you need more plan b guys that feels like later on in the month throughout Mm -hmm. the month of June so they're not totally neglecting them it's not you know they're making the same mistakes over and over again Mm -hmm. by just inviting these four star already committed kids to two of these guys right so no I I like it uh, a lot it's a great way to start Um, I am excited to see what the photo ops will be Mm. this time around will it be farm animals will it be Ferraris are they going to land a blimp on the field (laughs) I for one think it should be Mel Tucker seated at a nice like checkered tablecloth table Uh plate of pasta and the players with the Parmesan grinders. Mm. We don't run away from the grind. Oh, and, that's, and, that, and, that, and that's how we do it. That's right. We are, we are not afraid of the grind. That's mm. going to be the photo ops this year. So once the staff wants to hire me for uh, the creative role, yeah. just so they can fire I, me, I think I'm, that'll I'm get it done. Yeah. yeah, I think so. I got a quick question for you, though, yes. on, on this first one. Uh, just, just trying to have a little fun here. Zadavion Sims, committed to Oregon. Mm-hmm. Okay. Kanan Daniels, committed to Florida. Mm-hmm. Which one of those two do you think is more likely to skirt away from their offer here what do you what do you think 
I would guess without having any reason to believe that he's flimsy on his commitment, I would guess Kanan Daniels just because his commitment to Florida occurred longer ago than Zadavian Sims. And also because I see it way more plausible that a kid decommit from Florida right now than I see a kid decommit from Oregon right now. Okay. That's beyond fair. Oregon is a wagon in in recruiting (laughs) right now. A bonafide wagon. Yep. Also, like, it, it, it is interesting that there's only one official visit. Yes, that's true. And it's that's Michigan true. State. Like, just like you said, it's not like, oh, I, I'm going to go down to Texas, LSU, Hawaii, Michigan State. Like, I'm just going to yeah. go on a tour yeah. on school's dimes. Like, <laughs> Hawaii. It, it is interesting. Oh, God. <laughs> that is always my Loctite answer. Yeah. Like, oh, if you can go on five official visits, where will you go? It's it's Hawaii every yeah, time. And then, and then FAU uh, yeah. after that, you know. So, um, unfortunately, my football career did not pan out that way. So, just have to live vicariously through these kids. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, it is interesting. I also, For sure. also like Kenan Daniels on 24 seven rated three forty six. That's about 200 spots too low. Like, I, this kid's I, tape is unbelievable. I so. do not disagree. Yeah. I do not disagree. Unless he stays with that Florida commitment and that <laughs> drop him 200. <laughs> there we go. So no, it's, it's good first weekend coming up. And obviously yeah. you know, as the weeks come up, we'll be talking about it here. Yeah. SD for Al. For That's sure. Right. For sure. All right. Well, we've had fun so far. It's been really upbeat, really positive. I've been in a great mood so far. Are you ready to turn that around right now? Yes, Matt. Because we've heard, we haven't heard, they literally reported them. We've read them. We've seen them. The, the, the kickoff times. Okay. Which, hey, you know what? Not all bad. Yeah. Not all bad. Okay. The first four there are going to be all home games, 7 o'clock, 3.30, 5 p.m., which, sure, dinner at Spartan Stadium, why not? Uh, and then 3.30. If you're a season ticket holder, if you love to hit the tailgates hard, you like to get hydrated in the fine parking lots of East Lansing, <laughs> those are fantastic game times. I mean, right. four back-to-back weekends of just bangers. <laughs> please, please carbo load, everyone. Uh, and then the noon game at Rutgers, whatever, who cares? Uh what we will be screaming about until you can see every vein in my forehead is that game against Washington marquee yeah. game prop one of the top three best games in the country that week should have a lot of eyeballs on it all right this is going to be a great opportunity for Michigan State to get in front of the national audience <gasps> but it's on Peacock it is Matt it's on the cock yeah so here we are son of a <laughs> I'm not contrary to popular belief, everyone. Okay, I, I know this is a, a, a longly held belief that I am stupid. All right, contrary to popular belief, I'm not stupid. I know why they're doing it. All right, I know that like oh everyone's saying oh it's a cash grab. Correct. That businesses like making money. Yes, that is how it goes uh, <clears throat> these days, and it always has. So yeah, of course um, they're going to pull in subscribers for sport games because you know who like is unapologetically just into. Like, you could just charge them anything you want for anything, is diehard sports fans. Mm-hmm. They've already done it with the English Premier League to get fans yes. over to the Peacock. College football is a great, great group to prey upon. Yes. Because, look, I, you could charge anything, probably up to $250. Yes. I, I think I'm going to be suckered into paying that. I would agree. Like So, of course, I'm going to pay for the stupid subscription to Peacock and watch this game at 5 p.m. and so like yeah but like <laughs> am i thrilled about it absolutely not and like i know it only costs what is it like 10 15 i think five for peacock how much does a banana cost ten dollars you know it, it's Don't one know. of those things but like it's it's not that like the, the thing i'm most peeved about is like how many times are you on a saturday you know your team's not playing you're flipping around channels being like oh what's on espn what's on abc what's on cbs <clears throat> what's on fox like just going through the remote 
you find a game. You stumble into Washington for like an hour and a half. Like It's just so nice to sit back and do that in a fall. How many times have we all done that, guys? And how many times have we said, hey, I wonder what's on this streaming service. Let me click off of my cable, my basic networks, and go find a game that's on 5 p.m. Like, no one has ever said that. No one ever will say that. So it's just a bummer. The only people watching this game are going to be state fans, Washington fans, and some old person that doesn't really know how to use their Roku remote that just accidentally stumbles on the game. So, like, it's, it's upsetting. Again, I get it. It's all about money, but like, I, I, I Matt, do you want to be upset? Do you want to talk about what is even more upsetting than this game? I can't wait to hear this. Yeah, <laughs> it is not just about this game. This is the tip of the iceberg. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Television, yeah, as we know it, yep, is over. Yep, yep. soon, yep. soon. Yep. From what ESPN's president said in a Wall Street, um, or I should say, a Sports Business Journal um, article. I think it was an interview two months ago. Yeah. ESPN said it is a matter of when, not if, regarding when they will stop providing TV coverage, meaning they will scrap all of their TV channels, take all content, all games they own the rights to, so the SEC, Monday Night Football, um, Sunday Night MLB, everything that's on ESPN Sports Center, all of it. Sure. They're going to take it. They're going to put it behind a privatized streaming service of their own, probably ESPN Plus, since that's already a thing. They're going to charge $50 a month for it instead. And if you want to watch ESPN and you have cable, too bad. Time for you to buy ESPN Plus. You're not going to watch it on TV. Then what's going to happen when that happens, Matt, is nobody's going to value um, cable. It seems drastic and sort of tinfoil hat-esque to say, no. oh, it's going to kill television. But if ESPN pulls TV coverage, I, for one, am done paying for TV. Because the only channels I watch are ESPN and whatever games um, or yeah. and whatever channels Michigan State's playing on. Yeah. So half of that equation is gone. Yeah. And if you're already paying $50 a month for ESPN, and let's say that uh, Fox does the same thing with all their games, which they would follow suit. Yep. NBC does the same with their games. Yep. And CBS does the same with their games. They go to Paramount, just like NBC goes to uh, Peacock, and just like ESPN goes to ESPN+, Fox, whatever they call it. Those four standalone streaming services, unless somehow, someway, they get bundled. I don't know if the FCC gets involved. I don't know how that would work. But unless they somehow get bundled into... Um, combined packages you're going to be paying for four separate streaming services and that cost is probably going to be more than you're paying for tv cable right now and that is the way that sports viewing is going in a few years and espn's president said it's a matter of when not if the vibes on this show have cratered <laughs> cratered right now like like michigan basketball's off season like a steep <laughs> a steep plummet downhill very fast I don't have that kind of money, Justin. Yep. Going to have to pass on watching um, the Pac-12 on Apple TV Plus, Matt. Going to have to make some <laughs> tough choices. Can't be watching Oregon State, Oregon. Can't ah, be, shoot. Can't be watching the Apple Cup um, or the Civil oh, War. Oh, you're going to take the Apple Cup for me? Yep. Apple Cup is gone, Matt. You're going to have to pay $10 for Apple TV Plus, and now there's not even any Ted Lasso you'd be getting out of the equation anymore. But I want to see the DJU experiment at Oregon State this year. Huh? Mm, this is true. I think you're lucky. They're still going to be on network TV for the foreseeable year or two, okay. three. But. Okay. But 
I don't know if that experience is worth watching anyway, but I, I digress. I won a lot of money on the Beavers last year. They, they, <laughs> they, they saved me many, many a Saturday night after a full day of losing. That's, the Beavers were my rally team last year, so shout thank out, you for your service. Shout out to Quez Rogers. One time for Corvallis, Oregon. There we go. <laughs> a lot of listeners in Corvallis tuning in tonight. That's right. You look at the map, the heat map. There's a, there's a dot right there in Oregon. Yep. Corvallis. Somebody for using a VPN. <laughs> <laughs> you got it. <sighs> All right, Matt. Now that you have managed to ruin the vibes, um, is there a two are facts, one is whack this week? There might be. Let's let's mess around and find out. Huh. Hmm. Let's see. Yeah, there is. <laughs> you know, there is. That's right. The theme is, well, it's going to be MSU basketball. And it's going to be some names that you know, some names that we've talked about. A.J. Mm. Hogarth, Jaden Akins. I mean, look. There's a lot to talk about with Michigan State basketball. Gang, you know the drill. Three statements, two are fact, one is whack. You ready to play? I am. All right, there we go. Statement number one. Statement number one. A.J. Hogarth and Jaden Akins were the two MSU players that had at least 30 steals and 100 rebounds last season. A.J. Hogarth and Jaden Akins were the only two MSU players that had at least 30 steals and 100 rebounds last season. Statement number two. This upcoming season is the first time since the 2017-18 season MSU is returning four of the top five scores from the previous season. This upcoming year is the first time since the 2017-18 season MSU is returning four of the top five scores from the previous season. And the third statement, Justin, is MSU is returning 77.2% of their minutes from last season. That's a fact, all right? But there's a second part of this fact. That is the highest amongst Big Ten teams. Michigan State is returning 77.2% of their minutes from last season, and that is the highest in the Big Ten. Which one of those was whack? The middle one. Um, that was fast. Unless unless Max Christie was one of the top four scorers uh, on the team two years ago, I believe last year was a similar occurrence where the team returns four of their top five leading scorers. I'm locking it in without overthinking it. <laughs> that one is true. That one is true. I'm very sorry. I'm very sorry to say. It was Christy. It was also like Gabe Brown, too. You know, oh, totally guys. forgot. Gabe Brown left the same offseason and left the offseason before. I know. Like, it's like the last three years of offseasons, like, and I, I just yeah. blame COVID for this, like, has thrown off my perception of time. Yeah. Like, anything before COVID, crystal clear, I can tell you what happened every offseason. Yeah. But, like, I, so I, I get it there. That one is true. The other one that is true. Actually, you know, we're going to go more in, into the second statement mm-hmm. here. First time since the 2017-18 season, MSU is returning four of their top five scores. In those, in that offseason, Nick Ward came back, Miles Bridges came back, Langford came back, Winston came back. Only Aaron Harris from that team was the guy that left. Mm-hmm. Uh, this year, it's Hogard, it's Akins, it's Walker, and Malik Hall. They are four of the top five scores. Of course, that fifth guy, Joey Hauser, as you guys know. So that one was true. The other one that was true... A.J. Hogarth and Jaden Akins are the only two MSU players last season with at least 30 steals and 100 rebounds. The one that was whack was the last one. MSU is indeed returning 77.2 of their minutes, the highest in the Big Ten. No, second highest in the Big Ten. Wisconsin is returning 89.6 of their minutes. But Michigan State is still in good hands because it's Wisconsin, it's Michigan State, and in between those, in the whole country... There's just one other Power 6 school that is ahead of Michigan State. It's Wisconsin, and it's also Marquette. Mm. So if you're in the state of Wisconsin, you're, you're returning 
a lot here. Yeah. So, yeah, it's Wisconsin, Marquette, and Michigan State amongst the Power Six schools returning the most of their production from Nobody last wants to leave the Midwest. Season. No one, why, and why would you? Why would the you? Snow. I just... <laughs> Never snows in East Lansing. Always, just like Mel Tucker said before the spring game. Yeah. Always sunny in '85 in East Lansing. That's right. There we go. <sighs> Can't believe I forgot Connor Sejan and the Wisconsin Badgers and all their returning. Sure. Humanity. And like, even if like someone wasn't eligible to return next year, like who's gonna care? Like from <laughs> last year's Wisconsin team, it's not like they had this murderer's row season last year. They'll be fine next season because they returned everyone. But yeah, like. Yeah. Is anyone gonna really gonna know if Tyler Wall ran out of eligibility? Like <laughs> Chucky Heppard, if he ran out of eligibility, like no, no one's gonna go check the files over in Madison. Not not after last year. They they get they get some free eligibility if they want. Yeah, it. yeah. So that was to our facts. One is whack. Thank you very much for playing it. I'm also sorry. five and thirteen. My win streak ends at one. <sighs> hey, good show, Justin. We did it. There we go. Packed show today, Justin. Yeah. A lot of pressure on us. Yeah. We, we did not piss down or like this show. It was I a would great, say so. Good execution today. You know? We yeah. did it. How uh, are we going to land this plane? <laughs> I think that's it. Oh. Thanks for tuning in. No, <laughs> but no, it's going to be a good month of June here. Going to have some uh, official visits to talk about every single week. Yep. Um, and uh, it's going to be getting closer to football season, obviously. Maybe we'll put out some betting advice so that you can light money on fire. Um, should be a fun few months and um, you can already tell the vibes returning on this episode going to be some excitement here coming up soon so we'll be we'll be looking forward to bringing coverage on that but I think that does it for this week's episode of the SD4L show for Matt for Justin thanks for tuning in we'll see you next week how powerful is Cox Internet so powerful that one day your daughter will be able to simulate a soccer match against some of the world's best players right from your backyard. Get gig speeds powered by fiber from Cox. It's internet built for tomorrow, today. Internet delivered through Cox's hybrid fiber coax network. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions apply.